guys, welcome to the conversation. And you best believe we have plenty to talk about on this finally Friday. The block is hot. We're going to talk about Trump <laughs> in just a minute, okay? I want to welcome you to Fox News Black Report. We're also following the latest on the VP's trip to Africa and the new system that aims to help locate missing black women and children. I'm Courtney Hicks. Courtney, we have finally made it to the week. Man, listen, uh, I'm, I'm ready, ready for I'm the on, weekend. I'm, I'm, be honest, I'm on fumes. Okay. I'm ready for it. Well, the weekend's going to get you through. Yeah. And we're going to recharge and get back to it. That's right. Uh, hey, look, I'm Brandon Hudson in for Nicole Light Corte, plus the all-black female production company that is making changes in the film world, and the young student who has over a 4.4 GPA. Look, these are stories that impact our people. That's right. We're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get to it. <laughs> topping today's conversation, former U.S. President Donald Trump has been indicted by a Manhattan grand jury over hush money paid to porn star Stormy Daniels, making him the first ex-president to face criminal charges while running for office. Now, the charges stem from a probe led by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and are yet to be announced. Now, Trump's lawyer confirmed the indictment and he will have to go to Manhattan for processing. This investigation is focused on Trump's role in a 2006 sexual encounter with Daniels, whom he paid to keep quiet. Trump denies having affairs with Daniels and another uh, former Playboy model by the name of Karen McDougal. So we will all remember where we were mm -hmm. when we got the news alert, whether we were watching this on TV, yeah. had our phones with us. Yeah. We will remember where we were when we saw this headline that mm -hmm. Trump is the first ex-president to be indicted for crime. And this is something that a lot of people, especially Trump's critics, mm -hmm. have been waiting for yeah. essentially since he took office in 2016. That's right. He's finally facing uh, the music, uh, you know, maybe not the song that people yeah. wanted him to uh, face. But listen, there's also an uptick in concern about the safety mm -hmm. of, of these uh, attorneys yeah. who are pressing forward uh, with all of these cases because there's there's a few that he's going to have to uh, face. And so it's about safety. It's about, you know, we'll, we'll hate crimes against blacks kind of rise um, sort of kind of as a as a as a blowback of this situation. You've got the the black uh, district uh, DA in Manhattan. Yep. You've got the uh, general attorney uh, of New York uh, who is still investigating. And then, of course, the uh, Fulton County uh, attorney uh, down there with the with the case in Georgia. So um, this is going to be very interesting. Um, I think all eyes on this situation because it is absolutely uh, it, it sets a precedent never yes. before. And last Last night, that's all you saw across social media. Oh, yeah. and of course, how we do on social media, black Twitter and IG, we, we take it to, to next level. So I did get a couple of chuckles, but this is really, it's heavy. It's, it's big news. This show also shows that no one, doesn't matter who you are, no one is above the law. That's right. All right, so former U.S. President Donald Trump has been attacking the black prosecutors, as we had mentioned mm -hmm. here, investigating him for possible crimes as the legal scrutiny he faces increases. He was labeled them as racist and called any criminal charges against him a, quote, disgrace. Now, which critics say is part of a pattern of attacking messengers and discrediting the process. Such attacks have led to threats of violence against the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who is investigating Trump and his office. In response, New York has increased security measures at the building where Bragg works. Some Republican lawmakers are taking legislative action to block prosecutors who they disagree with. Yeah. And so the concern, as you had mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, we saw what happened on January 6th. That's right. And that is still in the minds of a lot of people. I know that they were 
maybe preparing for something very similar when Trump said he was going to be indicted. I think it was last week, last mm -hmm. Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Wasn't much of a crowd out there mm -hmm. uh, in Manhattan. But now that this has actually happened and we yeah. know what some Trump supporters are capable of, mm -hmm. uh, at least the security is preparing now. Yeah. But here's the thing. If I'm a Trump supporter and I believe in this man's innocence, then, then let it play out mm -hmm. and let it play out in the courts. Let it play out the way it's supposed to. You know, everybody wants to go home to their families, right. you know, the way that they came into the office. So, you know, and I know that mentality is, is far-fetched, but I mean, really, as, as adamant as they are and upset as they are about this indictment and probably a couple of more to follow, if you feel that your dude is innocent, then chill out and let it play out in, in the court of law. No, that's very well said. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's my point. But hey, look, joining us now to break down the latest Trump indictment developments is Keith Boykin. He's a former White House advisor to Bill Clinton and yeah. an author of The Race Against Time, The Politics of a Darkening America. Hey, Keith, we want to welcome you to the show. Hey, good to be here. Hey, you're always welcome, an official soulmate here. So D.A. Braggs <laughs> has been, of course, uh, D.A. Braggs, he's been kind of slow to speak, but loud with, the, with his actions. And as a former White House staffer, what's, what's your response to this, this Trump uh, indictment? Any, any surprises here? Uh, I think the only surprise was the timing. Uh, I think we've all known, we've been sort of on indictment watch for the past few months, mm -hmm. not only with Alvin Bragg in uh, Manhattan, but also with uh, Fonnie Willis in, in Fulton County, Georgia, with Jack Smith, with uh, with the case uh, uh, with uh, the records and the insurrection. Uh, there's all these other cases that are out there, civil cases as well involving Trump. So, I mean, there's been a swirl of controversy around Donald Trump for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I mean, even before he took office, his, um, his, his foundation, his university was shut down mm -hmm. and he had to pay a $25 million fine. His foundation was shut down. His company has been uh, convicted recently. His CFO was convicted. His lawyer was convicted. His campaign chair was convicted. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to look at all that and think that somehow he has nothing to do with it. Mm. All right, so 2024 Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley has said that this is, quote, more about revenge than justice. Many Republicans follow that sentiment. Do you agree? Even if I did agree, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I, I guess, obviously I don't agree, but I guess the question I'm getting at is, even if I did agree, I don't know how I could make that statement without mm -hmm. seeing the indictment. Mm -hmm. And nobody has seen it yet. It's, it's been under seal and won't be revealed until at least Tuesday at 2.15 p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time. So the idea that somebody is out there saying that this is a witch hunt or it's political, as, as I hear a lot of people say, they're, they're saying this without any evidence. They don't have any idea of what is in this indictment. Now, if they want to say it after Tuesday, I could see there might be some reason to say that. Maybe there is some justification for that. But I have seen no evidence of that whatsoever. And it's, it's, it's irresponsible for people to go out there and make those accusations, especially Especially people who are supposed to know better, people who are in positions mm -hmm. of responsibility, a former uh, ambassador as Nikki Haley is, or, or members of the United States Congress and senators are saying these things. It's outrageous to, 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 to be so irresponsible and cavalier about our justice system. Yeah, and to that point, was I reading this wrong? Because now I'm so confused because uh, Pence, uh, former VP Pence, went on to say that this was an outrage. And I was like, okay, well, are you, are you, are you down or, or are you not? So I was a little confused about his reaction uh, as well. 
well. So I think people speaking prematurely is is key when you mention that, Keith. Talk a little bit about how Trump has issued uh, all these harsh and, and threatening words towards these three black uh, attorneys as they continue to look into these indictments. Of course, he's been charged on one against him uh, in New York and, and Georgia. Are you concerned about uh, what he's saying and how that might incite his base uh, and, and, and take away from all the issues and, and accountability that he needs to face? Well, I think anybody who watched what took place on January 6, 2001, the insurrection, has to be concerned that Donald Trump's words can often lead to action. Uh, we've seen this time and time again. I worked at CNN a few years ago, back when Trump was calling CNN the enemy of the people. Mm -hmm. And then shortly, shortly afterwards, this guy named Cesar Sayak sent pipe bombs to CNN. We saw this in Michigan when Trump was saying, liberate Michigan because mm -hmm. of the, of the uh, he didn't like what they were doing there. And, and then what happened? Gretchen Whit Whitmer, the, uh, the governor, uh, they tried to kidnap her. We saw it with the insurrection. Um, we, we've seen so many examples time and time again where Trump's words have led to violence. Uh, and most notably, I think, in terms of uh, Atlanta, is that we saw during the uh, the testimony of the the, the January sixth committee of the, the 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 poll workers, the African American poll workers, who had to leave their neighborhoods, who couldn't go out anywhere mm -hmm. uh, because the, they were receiving threats from people because of Donald Trump's attacks. So I think it's just it's it's just the height of irresponsibility that we have. We're at this place in America. We have a former president of the United States who is so callous. And so careless about what his words do, he's willing to take anybody down as long as it serves his immediate political goals. Does this help or hurt Trump uh, ahead of his 2024 presidential run? Yeah, that's a question that I think people have been sort of discussing a lot lately. I don't really know that anybody can answer that question. My sense is that I think it may help him in the short term, meaning it helps him with the primary voters in the Republican Party, I think. Uh, I don't think it helps him in the general election at all. I think it hurts him. And ultimately, I think the, you know, the, the fundamental problem that the Republicans have is that unless Donald Trump is, is, is in jail, and even then he could still run for office, mm -hmm. unless he's in jail, Donald Trump will never allow anyone else to become the Republican nominee. I don't care if Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or whomever wins the primaries and gets more votes. Trump will destroy the entire process <laughs> and destroy the entire party before he's allowed, he will allow anybody else to, to defeat him in that, in that process. So I, I just think it, the, the Republicans are digging deeper and deeper in this hole by defending this guy that you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know when Fannie Willis is going to come out with a possible mm -hmm. indictment or Jack Smith comes out with an indictment. And then suddenly they're, they're stuck in this position where they're defending a guy who's, who's under multiple indictments, multiple investigations, and multiple criminal trials. And that's not a tenable position for any candidate to win in the general election. Yeah, so Keith, you know, the ex expectation is that Trump will turn himself in uh, sometime next week. Do you think he will follow the process or should we start, you know, popping the popcorn and, and getting the butter ready, the melted butter ready? What do you think? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with Trump, you can never know what's going to happen, right. first of all. But um, who knows? I mean, if he's going to show up on Tuesday, what he's going to do on Tuesday, if he makes a big circus out of it, he's going to give a speech or something. Who knows whether his supporters will be there to defend him or not. But I can say this, he will not go gently. Uh, he will definitely fight in, in all the way to the Supreme Court if he has to. He will delay and delay. He will he will have his lawyers file pretrial motions to try to stop this case. He will attack the prosecutor. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a, it is a sense of irony, too, that you know, Trump has to go and surrender himself in New York City with a, a black mayor, 
a black police chief and a black district attorney, you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and Trump does not, Trump has not been a friend to black people. So, no. you know, I think he's going to have a, some difficulty sort of accepting the fact that that, that that is his new reality. And he has to deal with a, a Latino judge, Judge Marchand. Yes, sir. So, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm sure he and his MAGA supporters are not in a good position right now. Uh, well, listen, uh, Keith Boykin, we, we, we always love and, and respect and look forward to your, your insight. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to keep you on 24-7 uh, feed. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> You're going to have to sit throughout the whole weekend and, and next week because we need you when we need you. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you, and we'll definitely be uh, tapping in to uh, get more of your perspective. Thank you. We appreciate you. Have a good weekend. You too. All right, Youssef Salam, speaking of uh, Donald Trump, yep. one of the wrongfully imprisoned Central Park Five responded to former President Donald Trump's indictment with one word, karma. So here's the deal. In 1989, Trump took out a full page ad calling for the death penalty for the five black and brown teenagers who were later exonerated for the rape of a white woman. Mm -hmm. Salam noted that Trump never apologized for his actions. All right, so former Los Angeles City uh, Councilman Mark Ridley Thomas was found guilty on bribery and conspiracy charges. Talk about another politician in mm -hmm. hot water here. Yeah. Along with one count of honest services mail fraud and four counts of honest services wire fraud. Ridley Thomas was acquitted on 12 other fraud counts. The conviction follows allegations that Ridley Thomas, while serving as a county supervisor, received perks from USC to benefit his son Sebastian. Ridley Thomas did not testify in his own defense. The U.S. Attorney's Office stated that the verdict sends a clear message that public officials who engage in acts of corruption will be prosecuted. Details about a sentencing date were not immediately available. Yeah, it's it's real unfortunate. I'm hearing, you know, folks out of uh, L.A. are real disappointed mm -hmm. in the actions. Um, more than likely, he will be uh, serving some time. And it's just disappointing to see when you throw all of your support and your trust uh, behind a particular candidate and they kind of let you down and disappoint you like that. It's always tough to try to come back from that. And then that makes the apology not seem as sincere as, right. you know. Are you apologizing because you got caught or are you right. apologizing because you actually, exactly. you know, remorseful? I wish exactly. I just need to know hmm. what is it about USC that has all these people, high profile people, uh, wanting to, to take in the, the, the easy way to get their kids in because you had uh, this councilman here, former councilman, yeah. uh, you had um, Rebecca Lori Laughlin yep. from Full House mm -hmm. uh, and then her other cohorts. So. Uh, I don't, what is it about USC that is just, I, I know it's a prestigious college, but very prestigious. I mean, is it really worth kind of throwing away a, a time of your life uh, at this point? I, you know what? I think it's, it's, it's parenthood on, on steroids. Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, it's, it's a tough school. It's prestigious school and it's a tough school. And, you know, if your kid just doesn't have it or can't cut it, then there are other schools. Oh, plenty. Uh, but, to, but to manipulate your way in, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's not going to go good, obviously, with, right. the, with these cases that, that people are still pressing towards to make sure people uh, pay the piper. Well, you see sure what happens with Trump. Yeah, deal and with now you see that, again, no one That's is right. above the law. I know, right? Yeah. All right. During an exchange in a Capitol Hill hallway, Representative Jamal Bowen Bowman, excuse me, a Democrat from New York, called his Republican colleagues cowards mm -hmm. for not doing enough to prevent gun violence. Now, the conversation occurred after the deadly shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville, which claimed the lives of three children and three adults. Let's take a look. They're cowards. They're all cowards. They won't do anything to save the lives of our children at all. Cowards. Pressure them. Force them to respond to the 
question. Why the hell will you do anything to save America's children? They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been. I'm talking about gun violence. Carry guns? You think more guns lead to more death? More guns lead to more death. Well, he said what he said. Yep. He said what he said, huh? Oh, yeah, uh, without a doubt. So Bowman, who wow. worked in education for 20 years, asked uh, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky, uh, a conservative, mm -hmm. uh, if he's ever worked in a school to which Massey responded by suggesting that arming teachers mm. is a solution. Now, Massey plans to reintroduce the Federal Gun-Free Schools Act, which would allow guns in school zones. According to NPR, 74 people were killed or injured by guns in American schools this year. Right. Now, look. Uh, if you know anything about people from New York, from the mm -hmm. East Coast, they are very passionate about everything that they discuss. So mm -hmm. this should not come as a surprise right. to see it wasn't an you know, Congressman Bowman right. uh, speak the way he spoke That's in right. a public forum. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this is just a microcosm of what people are upset about when mm -hmm. it comes to kids, mm -hmm. little kids dying. Yeah. And yeah. this is not just with the Nashville shooting, mm -hmm. but we have gun violence all over the country and there is nothing that's really being done. Mm -hmm. I mean, just look at the last month of Michigan State. You had the shooting in Michigan mm -hmm. State. You had talks about changes and then we talk, we're still talking about legislation. Mm -hmm. And as we are still talking about legislation, the shooting in Nashville happens, yeah. where you have younger kids, younger than the, the, five college, the five college students who were injured, the three who were killed. Um, you have three more kids mm -hmm. who will never get to go beyond, you know, fourth or, or third or fourth grade at yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, and so I think Congressman Bowman was just very upset. And uh, his passion led to that scene you just saw. Yeah, there. Rep Bowman. He he had time. Yes. He had time. Oh yeah. He and, had plenty of time. He, and he had to say what he had to say. And 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 I think he he should have been allowed just just to say it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that if, if being confronted in that way was appropriate. It, you know, let him have his say, and then you guys go back in the chamber and you you know you you propose whatever you're going to propose. But you know his point was very well taken. People yeah. were allowing him to express that. And and like you, hopefully you know they'll they'll deem it as passionate yes. instead of hostile or anything. But but we, we need politicians who are going who are going to speak up, yeah. who are going to raise up and say this is wrong. How long are we going to continue this to happen? And so oh, kudos to him. That's exactly what we need in those Squeaky hallways. Squeaky wheel makes a lot of noise. In session, that's right. Speaking of gun violence, though, here's something that you hate to see: a shooting kills two people, hurts five others. Just trying to enjoy a Wednesday night out at Yo Gotti's restaurant in Memphis. Now the incident reportedly stemmed from an altercation mm. inside a Prive Restaurant. And that escalated into the parking lot. Four men, one woman were transported to hospitals in private vehicles. So the victims current medical conditions remain unknown. Yo Gotti wasn't at the restaurant during the shooting and police have not identified the shooter or shooters. This is not the first time the restaurant has been involved in gun violence as it temporarily closed in 2021 due to fears of retaliation after rapper Young Dolph's murder. A GoFundMe campaign for the family of Mike Hill, one of the victims of the Covenant School shooting in Nashville, has raised over $500,000.
The goal was to raise 25,000, but the outpouring of support from the community has been immense. Hill was a custodian at the school and was killed by uh, a shooter who also was killed, who also killed three children and two other adult staff members. Three other students were injured in the shooting. Now the fundraising page says Hill should not be overlooked in the wake of the senseless loss and thanks the Nashville community for their thoughts, prayers and donations. And last I checked, it was 300 and fifty thousand dollars mm. so now it has jumped to a half a million yeah. and that really speaks to to the heart uh, of that community it speaks to the care and the concern and it really negates that even though there's so much darkness and evil and wrong in this world that there are still people who are good who choose to be light and and who choose to lead with care compassion and concern and that's my takeaway. We have teen, seen two shootings uh, with Oxford High School, Michigan State University in the Metro Detroit area in our backyard. Yeah. And both times we have seen how uh, it takes a village, mm -hmm. it takes a community to lift that community up. And this is one of those examples with uh, trying to lift up Mike Hill's family, but also That's lift right. up all the other families. But again, let's not forget, Mike Hill also had a family. That's right. And he'll never return home. And the table at his dinner table, that chair will remain empty. Mm -hmm. And so we also have to remember that uh, the men and the adults who passed away um, they can't be you know, tossed to the side. I know when you talk about news, everyone's hearts go out to the three kids because mm -hmm. you know, their, their futures are cut short. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget, like Mike Hill could have been a grand Grandfather, he was. father, he was, he was a, a father, was a grandfather, grandfather, and grandfather, and so plenty. There's a family and there's a community that will uh, that, that is hurting because he is no longer there. Sister Will said. Yeah. All right, coming up, a new push to prioritize your hour, rather missing boys and girls. So we're going to tell you about the Ebony Alerts and the cities that hope to get this started fairly quickly. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. We'll be right back. Soulmates, welcome back to Fox Souls Black Report. I am Brandon Hudson in for New Quarterlight Corte. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, who has spent the week in Africa, mm -hmm. has announced that she plans to boost trade with and invest in Tanzania during her visit. Yep, this is all a part of her Africa tour aimed at strengthening ties with a continent where uh, China and Russia increasingly hold uh, a lot of value there. However, this is a new memorandum of understanding between the Export-Import Bank of the United States and the government of Tanzania that will facilitate up to $500 million in financing to help U.S. Uh, companies export goods and services to Tanzania in sectors including infrastructure, transportation, digital technology, climate and energy security, and power generation. So Mississippi's Republican-led Senate voted this week against confirming veteran educator Robert P. Taylor as state superintendent of education. The move is angering some black Democrats who say the rejection was at least partly because Taylor is black and years ago wrote about the state's racist history. The State Board of Education, which has members chosen by the Republican governor, lieutenant governor, and House Speaker, conducted a nationwide search for a superintendent last year. Board members announced in November that their unanimous choice was Taylor, who had worked the past 30 years in North Carolina. Hmm, Mississippi. 
just stays on fire, don't it? it? They do. <laughs> Mississippi stays on fire. I don't, I don't know fire. how much what I can say happening? because I can't at, say it's in the at, water because they got no water. Right. Uh, ooh, those are shots fire right <laughs> okay. there. Um, look, I, I cannot say that I'm surprised uh, because, uh, again, in the southeast, we Gosh. know that there's still a lot of racial tension. We may not mm -hmm. talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, as much because mm -hmm. it's kind of implied at this point. Mm -hmm. But when you see states like Florida and Mississippi kind of reverting back or, mm -hmm. or kind of, I don't know if you can say revert back or just staying the same way they were, mm -hmm. status quo, mm -hmm. uh, you get angry, but you hope that at some point that the black Democrats in the state can find a way mm -hmm. to get this uh, Mr. Taylor into office. Yeah, and we just want to be a part of the process. Yeah. yeah. A new bill proposed, a new proposed bill in the state legislature is aimed at increasing attention and resources to find young African-Americans who go missing in California. The legislation would create an Ebony Alert notification system similar to that of an Amber Alert, but would be specifically for African-American children and young women between the ages of 12 and 25. Now, the alert is meant to address the disparities in public attention and media coverage that happen when young black and white people go missing. I think that's a great idea. And we had um, this discussion before mm -hmm. uh, where there are a lot of black children who have gone missing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it needs to be said that uh, sometimes they just kind of get swept under the rug they and do. we kind of forget about it. Right. And I, I, I know that there is always talk about a certain type of child or the way they look mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. get seem to get more press coverage than others. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this um, shines a light on that yeah. on that disparity. Yeah, and I know there may be a little pushback saying, why does it have to be an Ebony alert? All children missing are yet yeah, it is, but the fact and the state and the statistics say that when we go missing, mm -hmm. we don't get the coverage, we don't get the publicity, we don't get the mentions. And so if you put in there Ebony as in somebody black is missing, right. it's it's already going to focus in on and give us the attention that uh, we, we already should have been having when it comes to our missing. I think people yeah. need to understand that when Ebony Alerts or, or anything involving you know black and brown people are created, it is not to divide. Right. This is to bring attention to something that is lacking mm -hmm. in our society. That's it. And that is what the case is here. You know, black and brown children seem to be go missing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and not mentioned as much. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is just bringing attention. This isn't a way to divide. That's right. All right, still ahead, Believing Black Women the First Time. Yeah, this is a new documentary that is highlighting the experiences many black women have when they speak up. We'll introduce you to the ladies behind this project coming up next. You're watching Fox News Black Report. This month. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of our favorite segments that we've mm -hmm. had this month here. Mm -hmm. So today for Women's Herstory Month, uh, we celebrate the quiet storm of the radio industry, media maven Kathy Hughes. Now Hughes is the founder and chairperson of Urban One Incorporated, formerly known as Radio One, the largest African-American owned and operated broadcast company in the nation. Her unprecedented career sparked a multimedia conglomerate, mm -hmm. which generates original content across the spectrums of radio, TV, and digital media. In January 2024, or I'm sorry, 2004, 
Hughes launched TV One, a cable television channel targeted at the African-American community. Today, Hughes has the distinction of being the first African-American woman to head a media company publicly traded on the U.S. Stock Exchange, and she continues to serve as chairperson of Radio One. Yes, I have the honor of having so, Radio One on my resume there you go. Uh, for a few years, and then a little bit later on uh, next month, uh, okay. Miss Hughes and I, along with uh, uh, 28 other uh, females in the uh, radio uh, industry, yeah. I will be honored at the uh, Library of Congress. So Did you get to meet Miss Hughes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she came tell in us. a few times. Tell, tell me a story. You, you know, D.C., it's the headquarters. It's, mm -hmm. it's the mothership for Urban One, well, Radio One, now Urban One. I was, it was Radio One for me, top floor. Yeah. You're there, Silver Spring, Maryland. And, you know, she just casually walks in and say, okay, here's Barry Gordy. You're going to talk to him now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, um, you know, Chuck Brown, go-go yeah. uh, legend. Uh, so, yeah, she would she would come through every now and again and just say, hey, or when something was dear or important to her, you know, they were her radio waves. Yeah. So she could shut that thing down and get on the air and say what she wanted to say. So, um, I, you know, I was just amazed to be in the same, you know, pool with, uh, you know, her and, and some of these other women who have just accomplished so much uh, in the radio industry and uh, when they gave me a call I was like me yeah oh, me so uh, you know we're all gonna get together like I said the end of April in DC it's a it's a big to do with being honored by the Library of Congress and then that display is going to travel uh, the US and then it'll it, the display will sit and live at uh, one of the libraries uh, in, in Atlanta it slips my mind right now but I'm excited about all right it. so Miss Hicks yeah, Miss Hughes we celebrate the both of you Okay, of women and Bye. girls go missing every year. And a third of them in the U.S. are black women and girls. Yet their stories women, rarely get national attention. Black matter of fact, it's now dead after disappearing. Welcome back to Fox Hills Black Report. Amazing trailer. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. It's tackling the importance and the importance uh, or important topics rather that are often overlooked in society. So today we are honored to have two exceptional young women on fire who are spearheading a groundbreaking project that aims to empower and amplify the voices of black women. Please welcome Abriana Walton, the producer of Believe Black Women the First Time, and Raven Barrett, the CEO and founder of Coco Ivy. Ivy, that's it. Uh, the creators of the uh, docu-series. Your work is inspiring uh, and it's helping really to dismantle the uh, systemic oppression against uh, black women. want to welcome you ladies uh, Thank to you. the show. Thanks Thank for taking so some time much. out today. All right, so Raven, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, share with us a little bit of what inspires you uh, to create uh, Believe Black Women the first time. Talk a little bit about uh, that. I'll definitely say becoming a mother four years ago. Mm. Um, just knowing the statistics that black mm -hmm. women are three to four times more likely to die mm -hmm. um, giving, during childbirth than yeah. any other race, regardless of education levels. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt like I needed to create something mm -hmm. that showed that we do need to be believed the first time, because sometimes that first time is our last and our first time to really be heard. Right, so. right. And and Brie, you, to, your inspiration to wanting to uh, be involved with this project, be a, a curator and, and move this message along? Absolutely. So as a natural born storyteller, mm. when she, I heard the statement, I immediately thought of Serena Williams. Right. I thought of Megan Thee Stallion mm -hmm. and myself and right. so many other black women who mm -hmm. have to fight to be 
seen, to be heard. It means our mental health. It mm -hmm. means our money at times. It means our lives. And so I just knew that this was more than a statement. It was a movement. Okay. So let's start with, you've got the partnership and this project is so layered. It's, it's, it's so, I like to say ooey gooey because it's really <laughs> going really to speak to the spirit and, and feed the soul. So talk about, you know, what you guys take on individually and then collectively to continue to, you know, bring this project together and then bring this message to us. Yeah, I yeah. think it all starts with the merchandise. Okay. Yeah, so like I said, obviously the message is to believe us the first time. Mm -hmm. um, the proceeds of the sale go mm -hmm. to Vibe Theater, mm -hmm. which is an organization that does amplify black women's voices. Mm -hmm. So. And then, so from there, we use the merchandise to make the PSA. Gotcha. And so the PSA is yes to shed light on the sale of the merchandise to raise funds for that organization. Mm -hmm. But also, we didn't want it to fall flat and yeah. just be a video. So sure. we created a community investment fund. Oh, so wow. We, yeah, we believe that mutual aid community is truly the key in order to get our voices heard. And so people can contribute their story. Yeah. They can contribute financially or yeah. whatever yeah. resource they have. So a, a lot of arms and legs, a lot of moving parts, but it's all anchored in the message believe black women the first time talk about that is was there an experience in your lives that allowed for you to come uh, to, to that point I know for us black women when we go have babies when we are not feeling well the medical community likes to doubt us uh, and we're just left out there you know on our own and a lot of times it does not work in our favor so talk a little bit as far as the messaging how you got to this point it's generational, mm -hmm. really. Very much so. Even, you know, with the PSA, we yeah. it was intentional to have it at your grandmother's house. The mm -hmm. wood panels mm -hmm. represent the grandmother's house. The cookie tin, which usually has a sewing kit in it, represents yeah. your grandmother's house. So the generation of, mm -hmm. unfortunately, black women not being heard or mm -hmm. believed or made seem like we are crazy when we do speak up. Yeah, yeah. And so it really also goes to the detail mm -hmm. of the production design. We put our literal blood, sweat, and tears. It was an all-black woman production who hammer and nailed those studio flats wow together, wow. Um, put our own grandmother's So this is some, some real black girl magic going yeah, on so here. It was, <laughs> it was, and thankful to our production partners at Full View Productions, uh -huh. it really was able to capture the um, detail yeah. of the cinematic quality, and yeah. we really hope to be able to move that forward. So what are you hoping as, um, you know, we tap in, you know, and you, you, you come and share your message on, on shows like Foxhole's Black Report. Uh, what are you hoping uh, co comes of it when, when someone, you know, watches the PSA? What, what is your hope? What yeah. is your hope? Hopefully that they are inspired mm -hmm. to speak up in mm -hmm. any form, mm -hmm. or, you know, any way that mm -hmm. they feel comfortable doing so mm -hmm. and that it does spark a movement of mm -hmm. us being comfortable to use our voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so men and women alike, no matter your race as well, I hope it inspires you to contribute. Yeah. So I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm feeling, you know, that maybe the Me Too uh, movement may have had a lot to do with a component of, of your message here. What do you say when you talk about Believe Black Women the first time? What do you say when there's been stories, you know, headlines where, you know, women have falsely accused people of, of certain certain acts. How do you sort of kind of balance um, sometimes the position that we as black women put ourselves in when we either don't hold ourselves accountable or um, we lie? 
Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, how you balance that out. that you brought that up. So after the PSA, we had a round table with all of the women that were involved in one, the star actually of the PSA. Her name is Miosha Robinson. She brought that up and how we do have to take accountability, um, how sometimes we have silenced ourselves mm -hmm. and how sometimes it is dangerous and in ways that we can communicate. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit before we let you go. Uh, the debut of the PSA to kick off, what was it, Women's History Month? Is yes. that what you girls it did? on Women's Day. Aww. So this is the last day of Women's History Month, but this isn't just something that I feel like we should focus on once a year. Mm -hmm. um, like she said, it's a movement and mm -hmm. so hopefully these themes and these narratives and conversations continue to Absolutely. Go. Plug us in, link us up. How can we uh, get in touch, follow you, social media platforms, so we can tap in? Okay, yeah. let's say no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me at Coco Ivy Brand, C-O-C-O, -C -O, the letter I, the letter V Brand on mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yes, yeah. and if anybody wants to learn more and pledge their support, they can go to BelieveBlackWomenTheFirstTime.com and that same title on Instagram. I love it, Raven, Bree. Believe what black women the first time. Thank well, you. Thank, thank you, darling. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all. I mean, continue to, uh, you know, salt the earth with this message. And thank you so much for joining us today. Y'all official soulmates. We got to have you back. Thank, thank you. Yeah, plus thank you right you. here in the house in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Up next, the newest details surrounding Jonathan Majors. Yeah. So the text messages and the evidence that he says clears his name. Oh, of that and more when we return here on Foxhole's Black Report. Welcome back, Soulmates, uh, to Foxo's Black Report. Time now for our celebrity and entertainment headlines, and B. As you know, every Friday, we like to have a little more fun with these stories. So here to join in oh, on our conversation, honorary soulmate, <laughs> Trey Elliott. Trey, What's welcome that? to the show. What's going on, guys? How you doing? You got it. We're Thanks good. for the time. We're good. Thank you for being here with us. All right, let's get into it. Uh, these stories, uh, Trey, here's here's the first one. So Alicia Keys, Lil Mama, they have reunited for the first time in 14 years. Uh -huh. The two seem to have put their infamous 2009 VMAs uh, incident behind them once and for all. Now on Wednesday, the two women shared a warm embrace at an event in New York as they both were believed to be celebrating the release of uh, Tiana Taylor's new film, A Thousand and One. Your thoughts on this one, Trey? Well, I don't know if y'all know this, but Little Mama, uh, excuse me, Little Mama wasn't really invited. Uh, she, <laughs> she <laughs> once again and, uh, but you know I, I, I guess Alicia you know just like you know what I ain't gonna call you out let's just right. let's just hug right. she wasn't invited to that uh, to that event at all I could tell I could tell Ooh. she snuck up in there like she snuck up on that stage but I'm happy after 14 years to see them two hug it out uh, we just gotta get JP on yeah. You got to get Jay-Z on board now. Yeah. It's been so long, 14 years. I, I don't even know if, if Jay-Z has, has an event where Lil Mama can sneak up on him. No. But I'd like to see it. I, I don't see them yeah. in the same circles or rooms anymore at this point either. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's, it's a big picture of uh, a Lil Mama in any place Jay-Z at. Like, she cannot. <laughs> the longest I'm here, man. So... <laughs> All right, so let's move on to this next story involving yeah. Jonathan Majors. Uh, uh, listen, uh, his team is working real hard to clear his name. I'm hoping this can happen. Yeah, so documents filed by the district attorney in New York show that the victim accused Majors 
of slapping her and then grabbing her on the neck. Majors, who recently starred in Creed 3, mm -hmm. Ant-Man, both went, were number one in the box mm -hmm. office back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. They released messages that he believes uh, proves his innocence. His attorney says that they have written statements from the woman recanting her accusations. Uh, you hate to see it to someone who has is a rising star in mm -hmm. Hollywood, Betray. Uh, you've been following long. What do you think of what's happening with Jonathan Majors? Ah, oh, man, it's a it's a um, sticky situation, man. First of all, you know, whenever you get something like allegations like that put out on you, it's whether you did it or not, it's on you already. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. no matter what, people are gonna look at you like you're guilty regardless, and it doesn't help that he just starred in Creed 3, a boxing film. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, people going to think he was still in character. Um, <laughs> wow. Then, wow, this happened. And, 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 yeah, and, and here's the thing, man. You know us, this is Fox Soul, so black people, you know, when we find out who the girl is, then that's going to let us know whether or not you have our full support. Man, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all good, but the fact that she's a snow bunny, you know, black people are like, hey, I'm washing my hands of it, but if you had a sister, you wouldn't be going through all this. You know what I mean? So that's just real. You know, you know, Black Twitter don't play. Black Twitter they don't do play. Not. He's getting that they, Tiger Woods treatment. Yeah. He's getting that Tiger Woods treatment right now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, but you know, I just hope it. I hope it isn't true. Um, but you know, those text messages that came out. Let's say tech. Those text messages that came out. It still wasn't a good look for him mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it looks like what she was doing was trying to cover up for him so this publicity wouldn't happen, this negative publicity. So she's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'll recant mm -hmm. the statement for your sake and for our sake. But at the end of the day, it's still not a good look for him. Um, I wasn't there. I don't know if he actually did it or not. But, it, you know, I just, you know, I, I just hope that it all works out for the best for him. And um, he's already losing endorsements and yeah. losing uh, roles and things like that. So you know, uh, women, when you have it, when you're dealing with the man in the industry too, you gotta assess the situation. And and you know, when you're dealing with somebody of that caliber, you gotta ask yourself, you know, it, it, once you put this out there, you know, it, it, like what what effect is it gonna have on on us? Because it's gonna affect her, him and them as a whole so you know you just gotta just be mindful man and i hope she just wasn't out there just uh crying wolf you know what i mean uh with this situation because it's not a good look for him and i kind of feel bad for him at this point in time unless he's guilty and he's guilty then he gets what he deserves you know so yeah we will uh hopefully find out hopefully sooner yeah rather than later well yeah. speaking of uh from an actor who played a boxer to an actual boxer a mike real, tyson boxer. he has expanded his cannabis brand tyson 2.0 into a physical location in amsterdam netherlands his coffee shop offers products and accessories from the brand <laughs> and provides a lounge yeah. for visitors yeah like no surprise here uh the glass Bruh. bar also sells merchandise from other brands uh, CEO Tyson 2.0, Adam Wilkes, is excited about the expansion into Europe following their partnership with Purple Farm Genetics to expand into Canada last year. Have at it, Trey. Well, you know what, man? If anybody deserves to, to have some cannabis, it's Mike Tyson, man. <laughs> that man has done a lot. Uh, he's been high strung for years. 
uh, a hell of a fighter, hell of a champion. And at this point in time in his life, um, there's nothing left for him to do but invest in cannabis, smoke, relax, and chill. You know, uh, we we want Mike Tyson chill. We don't want a, 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 a stressed out Tyson, you know, because a stressed out Tyson could result in a black eye for somebody. So long, let him let him smoke, let him chill, let him let him live this this you know this other part of his life you know like this man. I love that he's investing, putting you know um, cannabis is a very uh, lucrative business, and um, I think it's a good look for him. I think it's a good look for him. Yeah, I think we saw that when he knocked out that uh, airline passenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He might have been high strung at that point. I think uh, so, 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 yeah, this Tyson 2.0 thing, this may work out a lot for them, uh, even though they say, they, you know, don't get high on your own supply. Right, right, right. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Sebastian Joseph Day, a defensive end for the Chargers, L.A. Chargers, accused TSA staff of sexually assaulting him mm. during a pre-flight security check at John Wayne Airport in Santa Ana, California. Now, in a Twitter thread, Joseph Day stated that he felt uncomfortable and violated during the security check, and when he asked the agent to stop, he was told that he was the problem. Yeah, John Wayne Airport has responded to the claims and stated that they would notify TSA. However, Joseph Day stated that he had to jump through hoops to file a complaint and that the supervisor threatened him when he expressed his violation. Trey? I mean, well, I, he plays a tight end, so whoever was searching him probably was looking at his tight end. Uh, <laughs> and, and had a feeling, you know, we all know those TSA people, man. They be getting out of hand a lot of the time. Yeah, they They're very aggressive. Special. They're very aggressive. I mean, you know, I'd have been, I'd have been frisked a lot of different managed ways, and I was like, I don't know if y'all really need to check me like that. Um, but you know they they don't get paid a lot of money, man. So you know, so they their attitudes is not the greatest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's TF agents and then the DMV employees. You know what I mean? That's 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 the order that it go. Um, but if my man felt violated, he has every right to to file a complaint. Um, and, and and that's what it is, man. You know, yeah, I need to pay these TSA agents a little bit more money, man. Maybe they'll be a little bit more chilled and relaxed. Mm-hmm. But um, when you go through that airport, just make sure you guys got the right clothes on, you know, just so you don't get, so you, it just um, cuts the chances of you getting frisked like that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I go through there naked, so so they don't even got to <laughs> I just walk through naked and I, they see I don't got nothing on me, they don't got to pat nothing down or anything. <laughs> hey, you put it all out there. I put it all out there. Yeah. I put it all out there. Well, hey, I want you to listen to this, Trey. Uh, Kanye West, or Ye, uh, announced on Instagram that he no longer considers himself an anti-Semite and credits actor Jonah Hill for changing his views on the Jewish community. West expressed gratitude towards Hill for his performance in the film 21 Jump Street and stated that no one should hate millions of innocent people because of the actions of a few individuals. So this is a significant change of opinion as West had previously expressed admiration for Hitler and ranted against Jews through, uh, though he clarified that he was only speaking about those who had wronged him. Hmm. Trey. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I don't know what uh, time chamber or whatever uh, Kanye is getting out of because 21 Jump Street, that movie came out years ago. Yeah. So, first of all, the fact that he just now watching that, I don't, I, you know, I'm already like, all right, Kanye, you got to catch up with the time. 
But Jonah Hill, out of all the Jewish people that you could say uh, makes me want to like the Jewish community again, you choose Jonah. Like, uh, you know, Kanye just Kanye, man. Um, did, did I did I understand what he said back then about him talking about particular people in the Jewish community? Yes. But we all know we have to be careful when we talk about anything with uh, the Jewish community mm-hmm. because they, they, they run Hollywood. They run everything. So you just got to be careful. I just yeah. think Kanye trying to get back in the good graces with everybody. And uh, and and it's just strange that he picked Jonah Hill of all people. Yeah, you know Jonah seemed like a cool dude, but I I'm just like why Jonah? Why Jonah? You got a lot of people yeah. like you you can choose. Hey Trey, but, uh, we, we've we've got about thirty seconds. Want to wrap up with you uh, telling us uh, what's up with you? Where you headed? Where you going? Where you performing? Where we can go check you out real quick? Uh, well, I'm on tour right now with Tony Rock on the Rock the Mic tour. You can catch me in my us in Miami uh, April sixth through the eighth. Uh, the Miami Improv, and uh, you can follow me on my Instagram, comedian Trey Elliott, to see our tour dates. We're booked all the way through the end of the year, so every every weekend, you know, we're in a different city, and uh, so you can check me out on the Rock the Rock the Mic tour with Tony Rock, guys, and uh, yeah. All right, Trey Elliott, thanks so much for joining us today. We definitely got to have you back. Yes, sir. So, mate, stay close. We'll be right back. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. All right, so 18-year-old Bronny James, 18, son of LeBron, uh, has an estimated 7.2 million in NIL deals, name, image, likeness, Mm -hmm. lined up. Ahead of choosing a college, he has been landing numerous NIL deals, ranking as the nation's top earner. Wow. Okay, so James's noteworthy NIL deals include Beats by Dre, Nike and PSD underwear. James became one of the newest student. I want to call him Brownie. He became one of the newest student athletes to sign with Nike in October 2022, closing the deal at the same age as his dad. How dope is that? Yeah, so James has college offers from Memphis, Ohio State, uh, USC, Southern California, as well as interest in Oregon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, it will. All right, Nina Mitchell, a 17-year-old African-American student from DeKalb, Illinois, has made history becoming the first black female valedictorian in her high school. High school's 159-year mm. history. There you go, go girl. Yeah. Uh, she also broke the high school's record by earning a 4.54 GPA. Mm. In her high school years, Nina served as president of the Honor Society, the Key Club. She is also the founder of the Spanish Honor Society wow. and a part of the Principal's Advisory Board. She is very much involved in her community and legislative member of the Illinois YMCA Youth and Government a member of the Youth Advisory Council, a member of the Youth Engaged in Philanthropy, where she became the first black chair. She does pretty much everything. Listen, and after college, Nina plans to attend Harvard Law School, where she will pursue a law degree and master's degree in public policy. She credits her family, as you saw a lot of them there, for supporting her in her achievement. Talk about some black excellence. I know, and it really, we talked about this the other day, you know, listen, I've got hope. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be uh, Gen X, right? Gen, yes. Z. Gen, Z. Gen Z. Gen Z, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of hope there. I mean, yeah. you know, whether it be up and down the basketball court with Bronny or hopefully maybe the next. Whatever she decides justice, to do, I'm she sure she will be, yeah. uh, she will flourish yeah. and thrive in that position. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to your credit in, in speaking about the, uh, the future, uh, just seeing those two people, um, what is beautiful about that mm -hmm. is that you don't have to be a basketball player like Bronny and, and you can do everything mm -hmm. in the academic classroom mm -hmm. and you can make whatever that you want to do mm -hmm. uh, pop. Right. You don't have to have a 4.5. How, how do you even get right. to a 4.54 GPA? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. All right. For the rundown on today's stories and more, you can access Fox Souls video on demand on any of our partners, or you can even access past shows and other Black-centered content. Don't forget, Soulmates, to download that Foxo app. Check it out over uh, Resurrection Weekend and get in on all of the shows. <laughs> Today's shows, the shows you may have missed out on, they are right there for you. Brandon Hudson, you are the man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hey, I appreciate you, you know, being that strong black woman that's helping me. Oh, myself. Spiffy, so lift the leg okay. real quick. You got to so, show them what you got, what, what, what you're working different today. with. I got, I got the purple pants, you see the light blue. Um, with the light blue shirt, light purple shirt. We call shirt. it casket shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got the, the flower lapel. It is springtime. Bring yeah. those flower lapels back. Got the pox yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I like to stay on my P's and Q's. Have a great Easter weekend. Hey, you too. We Thank you so love much. and appreciate you so much. I'm Courtney Hicks. I'm Brandon Hudson. Have a good one. Stay safe. Have a great resurrection weekend. And we'll be back at you on Monday right here on Fox Souls Black Report. Stay safe.